Hey, Drew. Welcome. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, Drew. Welcome. <laughs> hey. <to> wa- <laughs> hey, Drew. Hi. Hey, what's up, man? It's good to uh- see you. I wanted I to welcome you to do right away. <laughs> I wanted to welcome you and all the all the the viewers and listeners uh, to the walk it off happy hour hang midweek version, which is the only version we have with your hosts, Drew, that guy right there. And Dave, that guy, this guy right here. And uh, and I'm going to start on something really important here just real quick, because I heard the popping of a top. A can being opened, and I want to know what the heck that was. This is our midweek happy hour hang, so happy happy hour. And since it is hot as all hell outside, I know this is going. It's Schlaffer Hopper season for me, man. Schlaffer Hopper season. I love Speaking it. Of those Schlaffer Hoppers. I like it. Well, I'm not far from you. It kind of. I'm, I'm in a. I'm in a similar but different category. Um, I picked up some beer when I was in Nashville visiting you, uh, and from what I think is the premier brewery in Nashville. It's my favorite brewery in Nashville. And there's a lot of good competition, Southern grist brewing. And for their anniversary, they gave us a ton of beers that would have been at their, at their, at their event pouring beers. But of course, COVID got in the way of that. So I've got a whole case full of beers that I transported back from Nashville. Don't ask me how I did it. I have my ways. Hey, you didn't tell me that when you were here. I didn't. It's because I don't I, share. I, I didn't happen to hear. A, a, <laughs> I, got, I got a whole bunch of cases of special Southern grist beer. It's not. I no. know. Look, we, we slightly differ. My personal favorite in town is Tennessee Brew Works. F- fair but enough. There's a lot of good ones in town. There, there are a ton. I actually saw a chain on Facebook uh, just the other day in one of the brewery groups that I follow. And they were asking top five in, in, uh, in Nashville. And it was it, every last, it was a hundred answers. And every last one of them was different. Um, uh, so I, I possibly correct and, and possibly correct. Uh, I change every time, but Southern grist is always up there. I like how adventurous they are, but anyway, it was not Southern grist beers. These were all the breweries that would have come there. So it's a bunch of stuff Ah. I never would have received. And this one is a Paquito papaya nice, with a lot of little tattoos on it. Like little looking things. I love it. Yeah. It is, you're right. It's a Berliner Weiss with papaya, mango, coconut, and milk sugar from Hidden Springs Ale Works. So shout out to them for making a really nice, fresh, slightly tart uh, beer that is just perfect for this time of year. Now I'm a little upset you weren't sharing because, yeah, man, can go for these summertime brews. I, I get like the Rattlers a lot to, to cool me down here in the middle of summer. You'd like this one. It's definitely got a Goza kind of feel to it um, that, that you would dig. Not bad, not bad. Mm-hmm. And no, while sir. we're talking about it, I'm excited to try out Various Artists Brewing, one of the newer ones here in town. Yes, I've heard. Which is now uh, partnering with WXNA, our home radio station. They I have did. some live DJ and nights over at their tap room and backyard hang, backyard stage, fire pit, the whole works, Joey's House of Pizza. Oh, come on, man. Right next door. So, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to get out there and spin some records. So, that that is super cool. And try their beers, obviously. What a what a perfect combination, right? Uh, I remember driving by K Bob's when I was in there back in Nashville a little while ago, and just missing those those DJ sessions there and uh, that WXNA used to have. And so, what a great place to have it. Uh, I was really jealous because I did. I heard you read on Sunday night uh, promoting that. It was really cool. But but you know what struck me the most is of all the breweries. 
what with, with great names what a perfect name what a perfect right. name for a brewery in nashville it's not too kitschy honky tonk. i love honky tonk it's fine i like their beers so i don't want to make fun of them but it's not yeehaw. yeehaw it's not that that kitschy but it taps right into the 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 dna of nashville it's it's perfect i they deserve they deserve commendation for that for sure and I've been hearing good things, so can't wait to try the beers and uh, get behind the wheels of steel. That's right. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, man, we uh, we are here to talk about sports. We are a sports talk radio program. That's true. And look, we are hoping that we could be here on the air on Tuesday night celebrating a Vanderbilt National Championship, which you were asking about the hand motions the other day. You know we got them, right? Anchored down. You did. You got it. That's anchor down. This is anchor down. Anchor down, VU. I All had right. to ask around a little bit. I'll All be right. honest with you. Oh, that's so genius. Well done. And, and you there know you what? Go. You know what my favorite thing about this is? If I can make this personal, this is one of the few things that actually works well with my fucked up thumb. I've got this <laughs> horrible thumb, but it makes it a better you. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> Look at that. A little bit of a traumatic injury comes in handy sometimes. Thanks, Vandy boys. They're making my hey. day. Hey, it's a silver lining, if anything. But the game was rain delayed. So our recording session did not happen after the game. The game's going on right now, actually. And, well, it's not going so well for the Vandy boys currently as we're speaking. But they, did, uh, they didn't start Rocker today. They're keeping big game K in reserve for that possible game three. So... We'll see how that one goes, but as of right now, it's it's not looking super good for a Vandy National Championship tonight. There could still be a Game 3, and they could still bring it home, so anchor down. Anchor down. I love it. I was hoping it would look like an anchor, though. It doesn't not look like an anchor, but, a little bit. but I do like the VU look. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, and if this was <laughs> made out of metal, that would hold your boat. It would. I like it. You have the tattoo to go with it too. I might have to get one to go with uh, to go with the ship that I got there already. <laughs> there's a let's just say there's anchor a VU anchor on it. Yeah, <clears throat> that's how it works. So all right, we're cheering for Vanderbilt. We're hoping for a national championship here in Nashville. If it isn't tonight, there's still a game three. It'll all be on the line, and and who better to have on the mound? It's a it's a luxury to be able to go to Rocker in that game three. So hopefully they give it a fighting chance and and. Uh, don't look like they left an opportunity on the on the table by not starting him today. I do like betting on the team to be able to be able to do it without him, but what a luxury to go in to game three with about as good of a closeout pitching situation as you could have. You gotta hope so. You got that one two punch and you play in a best of three series. <laughs> I thought they might go with him tonight, but giving him that extra day of rest. You know, they got to make them the favorites, but there ain't nothing guaranteed in a one-game winner-take-all championship. Nope. And, you know, one of the things I love about baseball in general is the distinction. I guess football's kind of like this too, but the distinction between offense and defense. Uh, you could have the best pitcher on the mound, and sorry to say this, but you've you've lived this world with Jake DeGrom before. But if you if your guys aren't scoring runs, you, you can't win. Uh, or – you certainly have a chance. You have a better chance throughout the entire game to even get a fluky run in, but it, that has no bearing besides, you know, a little bit of rallying and certainly some some team atmosphere 
to affect the offense. The offense still has to show up. And, you know, that, that team is not there without uh, good pitching. They're not in the College World Series without good pitching. No doubt about it. But there's a lot of talent on that team. Tim Corbin's a hell of a coach. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll definitely be there to tell you about it on WXNA on Sunday night. It's exciting stuff. It'll be wrapped up by then for sure. Rain delays or not ruining our plans. Uh, but I did notice that we were on the same wavelength here. Thinking about big news that really caught us by surprise. Came out of nowhere for the National Predators hosting the stadium series. Huge news. In February here at Nissan Stadium next year. And I know you're going to have to make another trip back to Nashville for that one because... Man, outdoor hockey, we've been hoping for it for the Preds for so long. It's such a damn cool thing, and it's going to be an incredible atmosphere around here. Look, every time, this was even in the statement, man, but it's something that hit us right away, too. Every time that Nashville kind of seems to jump a level in how great a sports city it is, it seems like the Preds are right there making a big difference. We go back all the time, our, our DNA, to that when Nashville hosted the All-Star Game, the first year of the new format for the NHL All-Star Game, and it just showed out so well. And everyone fell in love with that stadium on Broadway and coming to Nashville yeah. to watch hockey and the incredibly passionate fans yeah. of the Preds. And then the Stanley Cup run a couple of years later, of course, led to screens all the way down Broadway, the whole city turning gold. It was absolutely spectacular when Nashville gets out to host these big events. And then, I mean, the NFL draft. When Nashville hosts a big event, it's a game changer. And I cannot wait to see what happens with this stadium series outdoor hockey game because outdoor hockey is already so great. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a shit show in Dallas last year from what we heard. Yeah, well, and but, it was for us anyway. But it, but it'll be nice, first off, to have the home field, home ice advantage for a game like that because – that's such a momentum builder and it's such a franchise builder to be able to play a game like that to, to have what happened last time against the Dallas stars happen was really disappointing. Um, so it'll be nice to have the home ice there. Uh, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, it, it's just, it's just another nail in the whole idea that another chain in the whole idea that, uh, that Nashville is this big sports city. And it, it does make me oh, yeah, wonder man. with the point you just made are so for so long for a decade plus 15 years. No, not that long about that though. The, the Tennessee Titans were the torchbearers for Nashville professional sports, not just because they were the only ones for a little while, uh, but because they were the only things that were really relevant and football is, is God around the South. And so it had a, it had a natural place to just kind of fit in, but I'm starting to believe that the torch bearers, the, 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 the standard bearers, the, um, the precedent setters, the bar raisers and so on and so forth for Nashville are the Nashville predators in that Nashville sports identity is directly tied in to that team. Am I wrong? I mean, we, we've seen the proof over and over again, but then again, you talk about an event like the NFL draft that just blew everything out of the water. Very true. But I think it was the Preds that really cemented that Nashville is a killer sports town thing. We talked about the Sounds getting their new stadium, this beautiful you know, destination 
right now. We talk about MLB to Nashville being a possibility eventually, but it was it was the Preds raising the game every single time, and then the NFL draft came and was just such a capstone. Yeah, we don't we see our teams working together a lot. We have MLS. You know, MLS came to Nashville. They're going to get that big, beautiful stadium for next season. There's so much excitement around sports here. But the Titans and the Preds kind of did it on parallel tracks. I feel like there wasn't too much crossover. It even took until until the Titans made the AFC Championship a season ago to get the screens out and the party on Broadway yeah. for the Titans playoff games. True. So that happened. And, you know, everyone was decked out in the blue. It was great. But to see them coming together, to have this huge event at Nissan Stadium, Titans and Preds crossover... It's going to be real special, and hey, I cannot wait. Not to mention, it's going to be against the Tampa Bay Lightning coming to visit. I know. Who? How cool is that? At that time, could possibly be back-to-back defending champions. Yep, yep. And Playing in their first outdoor game. And very likely still in our division, right? Am I, am I just misremembering? They were, they were in our division originally. No, no. no. They were over in the East. They were in the East. That's right. Okay. My bad. Yeah, we're hoping that all gets back still, to normal. We'll I hope see. so. There's still going to be a little realignment, too, with, with the Kraken yeah. entering the league. Yeah, and stealing everybody's players. But you're right. It's It's been such a an interesting tale how those teams have gone. I'm sure, I'm sure part of it also is that the Predators hit their stride amidst Nashville becoming a more diverse city as it's growing, which means that and a destination, obviously, bachelorette capital of the world. For so. sure. So, so even people who don't live here became fans because they loved the city. Not and 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 the Tennessee Titans originally, especially with that, you know, with the, with the late '90s run to the Super Bowl and all of that, cemented a ton of fanaticism and cemented them in this really special place for Nashville. But that was for for locals only at the time, for natives only at that time, and. And those natives were a relative, this, I'm not going off real numbers, but a relative minority compared to all the people that were flooding in around the times that the Predators were, were picking up steam. So there was, there's something totally parallel with Nashville's growth that gave the Predators a little bit of a, of a bump up. And then, and then th- this is, I'm saying this kind of jokingly, but it's, it's also kind of true. We don't deserve the credit for it necessarily, but walk it off starts and that's that's when it all starts culminating you talk about crossovers that's when you know the, it, man. The, the the nashville predators go on their run and uh and the tennessee titans start picking up steam and start having winning records even though they were disappointing seasons in, in to some degree they're getting winning records they're building that momentum all the way to become the team that they are today and it it, it's been really fun to see how you're right. They've they've really kind of parallel pathed and crossed over, but I think that the fanaticism is almost deeper with the Preds now, just because of them being original timing and having that reach. And also, I, this is another point I wanted to make that they are setting a precedent that Nashville has so much more depth and diversity beyond a staple Southern football city. So by the fact that we can rally behind a hockey team, sh- nothing said that that we could support an MLS team better than the Predators run. The Titans certainly have something to do with that, but that was the best precedent to set there. And that's the same thing with MLB uh, coming to town. They showed that there is something well beyond traditional sports here 
And that was that, that could be the coolest thing. It, it, it really, really changed Nashville's identity in a lot of ways. Man, 100%. 100%. It's been so exciting to be a part of that and so exciting to be here. Plus, just just fun, man. Some of the best times we could remember were, you know, partying that whole NFL draft weekend oh, and during all those Preds runs. Just such good times. And this is going to be a party, an outdoor hockey event in Nashville. Heck yeah. We'll just hope that the sun leaves the ice alone a little bit in February <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, Man, I, I cannot wait. Neither. But hey, while we're on the message of Preds, there was a little bit of weird voting going on. We had the awards announced tonight. The NHL awards got announced. Connor McDavid, unanimous Hart Trophy winner. Pretty exciting. Not too many people are arguing with that one. But besides that, it got a little bit weird, didn't it? I thought for sure Vasilevsky had Vezina sewn up. I would have bet and on to that. And Flurry picking it up i mean i i love flower no complaints there yeah but i mean vesti kind of got robbed i think there was just a little fatigue there voter fatigue you hear all the time and maybe it was something like flurry just being due and the great story about him you know getting stabbed in the back last year yeah and then coming back and reclaiming it and having such a great season i think it was a little bit of narrative over that but still i mean uh, a great goalie, a great choice. I was just really surprised it wasn't Vasilevsky, but he's got his eye on a different trophy right now in the Stanley Cup Finals for sure. Yeah, and and he's he doesn't need it, right? I know that's not part of the consideration, but he, he's going to cement his legacy as a championship goalie, it, it and a and a uber successful one to be able to do it year after year. Hey, Fleury's got cup too. He he does, and it's. <laughs> What a story we for have Fleury. Stuff. I know. Ugh. But I thought this guy was and, – and what a great reminder now as we're going into the uh, the expansion draft because that's how he wound up in Vegas was because the, the, the Penguins decided to go a different route after beating our Predators in the, in the Stanley Cup and willingly gave up their goalie uh, who now – are we five years later? Are we four years later? I, can, I don't know how to count. You know, math isn't our, <laughs> isn't our forte here. And Matt Murray's in Ottawa. And, and Matt Murray's in Ottawa. Like, and Mark Andre Fleury is winning the Vezina. Although I agree with your assessment, I think, I think that it was it, it it wasn't his ultimately to win. I'm really happy to see it. He's he's a great story. Given up on multiple times has had and, and trudged through to create success out of adverse situations. Um, and as, as much as they're rivaled us in a lot of ways and have been tough, it, I, I like seeing the Knights recognized. I think that what they've done for their first few years in the league has been really, really special and on par with what Nashville has done for changing the perception of hockey and, a and, sports city in Vegas. and creating a sports city around what would definitely be a non-traditional sport in, in that, in that place. So I, and he's, he's one of the the leaders there. I'm really, really happy to see that. And just somebody that everybody kind of loves and respects. So we're not going to argue too hard about it, but I will say I was surprised. That's well said. I was surprised by the Norris as well. I mean, we loved last year when Roman Yossi took home the Norris and this year, Adam Fox, we all kind of thought Cal McCarr would be kind of, this was his year to get crowned and it was Adam Fox sneaking in there and winning, you know, 
I was trying to make some sort of fox in the hen house type of thing, but <laughs> wasn't really working out for me. But hey, uh, another one you could argue you can he had a great season as well. But if you look at pretty much any advanced stat, Makar was was the choice there as well. So again, just a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise. But I, what what else do you say to it? I that's what I love about these these awards and hate about them. Cause I think you go look at the NBA, the, the MVP in that area was just as obvious, but also surprising in some ways with, with uh, Jokic winning that there's so much if for such an advanced statistic world that we live in. It's so not driven by that because you can very easily determine every year in every league who creates more wins That's for a team. Fun. I know, but that's mo- what's more valuable than getting more wins. And hey, there's your objectivity, man. You got some people who won't vote for someone with a losing record. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of nuance and objectivity there. I would hate it if they just went straight to like they have for some awards now. Yeah, just straight to the statistics. Agreed. You have to put the put it to the eye test, and we need a little bit of that because everything is going towards objectivity we've talked about reviews the other night in 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 nba games and we've talked about it in mlb it's got a decent spot in nfl right now but those types of things are are taking away that subjectivity which can bring a lot of really good value to the uh to the leagues because like we talk about all the time sports are built on rules as much as you know, hey, Drew, you host a punk rock show after this. That's what we, after Walk It Off, that's what we bonded on originally. So sometimes we want to say fuck the rules. But when you're talking about the, when you're talking about the NF, or we're talking about sports, that, that is how, that's their constraint. It's how they exist. That's their, that's their soil that they stand on. That's the only way that it happens. And one of the few respites for that is in these awards, because there are no rules for the awards as it should be. And we really need to maintain that that sacred ground for us to just choose the people that we felt displayed leadership and, and, and changed and improved somebody else's statistics and not just the team's leadership or statistics and, and affected the, 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 the community that they're in. Um, and just was a model of that type of player that you want. And, uh, that's that's where the, what the awards really need to represent, and so I'm happy to see surprises because that means that's still happening. And I'm still happy to say that the Preds were not shut out. Obviously, we saw Pecorine bring home an award in the King Clancy Trophy for off the ice man. That just did my heart good for to see Pecorine get that award. But I'll tell you about the most surprising pound in the table here. The most surprising part about these awards was UC Saros finishing sixth in the Vezina voting. Come on. What was going on there? Yeah. But meanwhile, he finishes 11th in the heart, the MVP trophy award winning behind only one other goaltender. That's impressive. How do that? How does that work out? <laughs> That's <laughs> all you can what, do what's is going laugh on at here, that. Award voters, all you hey, can do man. is laugh at that. I, you, there's no reason there's no reasoning behind that. No rationale that you could, you could come up with. You now, the only thing that makes sense from those votes is that objectively UC Saros had a hell of a season if he's getting that kind of votes, but yes. Yeah. yeah it, sixth 
Come on, guys. Agreed. And that's that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I'm glad you brought up here because that's the kind of stuff that we need to raise here is that's not going to show up that often. Most people are going to see the final winners, but that's really important to see in Nashville. We're losing Pecorine, most likely. This is and, – and there are a few things that make you feel more comfortable about an upcoming NHL season than knowing that you have somebody great on net. And to know that UC has, st- has stepped up the level that he has, which we were weary about coming into this last season, but not just been serviceable – not just given us enough confidence to take Pekka out, which you could argue Pekka was and is on, on, on the decline, but there's times where it doesn't look like that. Not that final game. Not that Man, final what game. A, what a final game. I know. But it, if it was his final game. If it was, knock on wood. There, it's, it's, it's such a great feeling to know that we have somebody who's making that impact and recognized at that level uh, because that's going to help us, frankly, in areas like uh, free agency, and, and, and winning some trades and gaining, we need and want players to be able to come to Nashville. We already have a lot of great attributes that help with that. It's Nashville. And we have a great a winning GM, culture. a winning culture. We have great players. And, but a, a goalie is huge, is my point. And so him jumping into that in the first year that he's going to be lead dog 100% is so critical for the sustained success of the Predators. Sick. 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 <laughs> makes me sick. It makes me sick. Sick. <laughs> but yeah, that still tells me that there was a lot of love out there for what UC Saros did. Yeah. And it was recognized around the league. So for sure. Big heads up there. Lots, lots of love for Nashville. I know. Nashville is a destination market now, man, for all those reasons you were saying. So when we start hearing about the disgruntled superstars, the Titans are in position to pick up Julio Jones. <laughs> are the Preds in the team that a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko could find himself on before next season? There's so many options when you are the destination sports city. And for all these reasons that have made it happen over the past few years, oh, I'll walk it off, spin on the air. Mm-hmm. What are the chances? It's true. Now all we got to do is figure out how to make a star actually play like a star on our team when we get them. That's the next step. Yeah, but so J- John Hines, kick it up a notch, dude. <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, it's got a little bit of work to do. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting off season. Again, we'll be keeping you updated on everything that's going on. Just two weeks out from the expansion draft, where where a lot of deals get made and a lot of yeah. interesting decisions will be going down for a lot of these teams like the Tampa Bay lightning who, you know, you make it to the Stanley cup two years in a row. You're obviously a pretty deep team. That's got some players that are going to be exposed to that draft. So will the, there be all the side moves. A lot of the teams that did those side moves during the Vegas draft definitely ended up regretting them. Obviously none more than <laughs> none more than the Florida Panthers who you know, gave Gave Vegas Riley Smith so they, they would take Jonathan Marcheseau off of their hands and end up being two of Vegas' best players from now on. So, yep. you know, we're not sure about how these things work, but there's going to be, there might be a little bit more hesitancy for teams to give up those draft picks, to give up those young players to make a side deal and say, hey, we'll, we'll just lose somebody and see what happens. Yeah. But that's just my prediction because we don't know yet and it's going to be absolutely fascinating. I really... Really enjoy the expansion draft. It's just a little bit of chaos getting thrown into the works. Yeah. 
mean, we're not talking baseball or anything here, but just a little <laughs> bit of chaos. Just a little bit. Things a little bit more fun. Well, it's it's always good to shake things up, and we're always we're always d- debating the difference between keeping things the same and changing them. And I know that's a simple way of putting it, but it's a perpetual push and pull in in sports. And the 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 expansion is a great way to disrupt within the boundaries of keeping the sport the same. So I always love it as our nation grows, as our communities grow. You know, just population wise, there's no reason. That as a, as a fan, that you can really argue against adding some more teams in there. The more competition, and that just means well, dilute the product. You know, there's 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 plenty of reasons you can't. But my counter argument would be, look at those bitchin' uniforms the Kraken have. That's true. That's true. You know what? You're right. And and the more I think about it, I'm thinking, for every next uh, expansion, let's just take one one team away from LA. And that would, that's all we need. Just take no one bias LA sure. team away. They have way too much. They don't need any more sports at all. Hey, if we were doing relegation for every league here, uh, your D-backs might be in a little bit of trouble. Sorry for that sound. Uh, I know. But, uh, but that, I, I'm a relegation proponent. I think, I think let's expand, get all these small communities that are growing. That, how cool would it have been? I mean, obviously it worked out in our favor, but how cool would have been if Nashville would have worked its way up into the NHL from a relegated state and then done that? I mean, it, it would have been heartbreaking at points, too, I'm sure. And maybe we would have missed out on opportunities. But it's a cool climb and a great story to build a fan base to see our sounds work their way in potentially or, uh, or watch our USL team. Uh, find their way we, into the MLS. We can try to pretend that's what happened. It's Nashville true. made the playoffs, made that nice little run in their last season as a USL team. Yeah, it did work that way. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the ultimate anti-tanking device. If you want to get rid of tanking, <laughs> just add relegation. That'll really do it for you. We may get there sometime. I know we push our American sports values on a lot of European sports, especially by just creating our own leagues and stuff. But, uh, but that's something I would love to see over here, especially as we see the, the minor leagues, you know, getting limited now, I'd love to see a network of, of teams and conferences that give a lot of depth and add a lot more competition to these community teams, but give them the opportunity to grow and, and, and make runs that are more than just, like with the with like with the Nashville Sounds, sure they can make a run for the championship, but that just means more players are getting pulled out. And you know if they're playing well, that means we're losing them. That means they're going away. Yep. And you know it, that certainly makes sense in the MLB. And I'm not proposing that that changes, but it would be great to stick with a team and see it grow and make all those changes up and down that spectrum with that that kind of depth. It's it's a cool system in my opinion. And I agree with you. I think it's very cool. It'd be very, very hard to implement yeah. with the way we have everything. And but to explain. It, it would be fascinating. And we already have these arguments among ourselves all the time. Every year that Alabama has a dominant run in college football, you see those same articles pop up. Could Alabama beat the Cincinnati Bengals? Could Alabama beat the Jets? <laughs> no comment. No, but no, the answer they, is no. No, but they couldn't. <laughs> we see those articles anyways. Yeah. And it would be fun to have something like that where, you know, that that matchup actually means something. Yep. Even if they have to have a playoff for it, we get we get the toilet bowl (laughs) that actually happens. Yeah. 
yeah be ridiculous but yeah man while we're while we're just having some fun with things that's that's what sports are right that's what barroom banter is that's what we're here for on walk it off for you guys so yeah cheers buddy it's cheers, a good time my friend absolutely but this now is that we're, awesome we're into the finals for the nhl and we had game one tampa bay looked pretty damn good in that game one Again, we talked about that depth they have, just that almost unfair roster that's led by Vasilevsky and led by Nikita Kucherov, who's having an unreal postseason. Well, he didn't have to play the regular season this year. Is there an (laughs) asterisk for that if he wins the Conn Smythe? That's a a great point, too. Oh, my gosh. You know, but I guess does it really matter as long as he shows up and helps them win a championship? And that's – that's what we always got to keep, like you mentioned earlier with with Vasilevsky. That's the ultimate goal. And that's what every player and every team needs to keep in mind is all those other things are consolations or bonuses. The it's it's all about the championship. And that's that's how that's how the sport should be structured. I think it is. Most people keep that keep that together. Um but boy, yeah. I, there are, I can't remember. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but this Tampa Bay Lightning team Feel over the last couple seasons, especially, just feels so uh, steps above other teams. They're just they're clearly the best team in the NHL. Just clearly. Hey, we're still not counting out Montreal though. What they've done this postseason, obviously. Special. But yeah, Tampa. Tampa's a scary team, and Kucherov is just on another level right now. He's putting up points at a rate in the postseason that no one else has ever done. Whose name isn't Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky? That's good company. Right? That's really good company, yeah. And the last thing in the world we're going to put an asterisk next to as fans is salary cap chicanery, you know? Oh, this billionaire paid a little bit more money than he was supposed to. Whoa! (laughs) Uh, I don't care, man. It's a great team. They put it together. Yep. We'll see if they can finish it off because we still got series left. And now we got things getting getting interesting over in the NBA as well. That game tonight was man. We saw the betting odds fly when it was announced right before the game that Trey Young was not going to play because of a bruised foot when he stepped on the ref's foot. I was very shocked by that. We'll just say that in the very first shocked. Place. Yeah. But then, you know, the Bucks looked like they'd become the better team. They were becoming that part of themselves that had it figured out over their last two wins and they go out there and get blown out today by the Hawks without Trey Young you know Lou Williams that's the that's... benefit of having a veteran who been there before talented backup point guard yeah Lou Will had himself a solid game and Bogdan Bogdanovich not Bojan Bogdanovich but mm. Bogdan Bogdanovich yep get it right come on that's... just could not miss from three-point range he uh he did that space jam steal some of Trey Young's powers I feel like no, no doubt it's we, this has been such a weird season in the in the playoffs where we've seen such random players step up and and just dominate game like lead win games for teams you know it's it's really really strange for for me to see it's really special though I was talking to a friend about that earlier how the injuries have led it's not I, I, that's kind of unfair to say. The injuries have led to the teams being where they are to a large degree, not an exclusive degree, but to a large degree. But players emerging, like the Trey Youngs, like the Devin Bookers, 
even the Chris Middletons, who's been around for a while, but is making his 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 mark. It's been really special to see all all of that happen. But we've also seen players it, it come out of nowhere, not out of out of nowhere, but yeah, I guess out of nowhere that have been around for a while. And that counts, man. It does. That, that absolutely counts. But I'm happy for a guy like Lou Williams, who has that somewhat dubious reputation of being one of the NBA's greatest sixth men. Yeah. True. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> well said. It's interesting. It's almost like saying you're, you know, you're the best of a team that got relegated. Yeah. Yeah. To awkwardly tie it into our conversation earlier. It, no team has ever given Lou William the keys to their offense, but he's always that guy that you can trust to come off the bench and be a spark plug and to see him get the chance to drive the team in a almost must win playoff situation. You don't want to go down three to one at home. Yeah. Come out there and play a great game in Trey Young's place. But then you talked about injuries. We saw Giannis go down in this game. The hype, they're just saying right now it's a hyperextended knee, but, man, did that look ugly. It did. Um, it's, you, it's scary to you see. You always think, you know, Clay Thompson and ACL, stuff like that, when you see a guy down after awkwardly twisting his knee like that and staying down for as long as he did. I hate that, especially for a star like that. Um, I mean, you hate it for anybody, but – this is their opportunity and his, you know, he's been building towards this and it worked really hard to get here. You know, he's not the only one on that team that's been through this, but he's, he's put a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get here. And, you know, just look at how much that guy has grown, not just physically, but based on his game since he was drafted uh, to, to earn his spot in, in the royalty that he has right now. It's, it's really hard to see that happen when he's got one of his best chances to, to get into the finals. Um, but I'll tell you, they're one of my underdog for this playoffs. My uh, uh, my MVP almost for this entire NBA playoffs is turning into Nate McMillan. That guy coming in as a, an interim coach, still interim coach, by the way, and because he had a lot I of think great. They'll fix that. I think so too. A lot of great success. Really well respected coach when he was in Portland, and just has had, a, I think, a really good coaching career overall. He comes in and he has changed this culture and set up something spectacular there. there. When you see a team come into a game like this, down two to one, with their star hurt, when they win, that coach deserves so much credit. Obviously, players step up, but for him to figure out chances where they could have six players scoring in double digits make use of their depth that they don't have to under normal circumstances. Ty Lu did it just the other, just yesterday when they came in without Zubox and they've had to do it without, uh, without Kawhi also for the, for the clips, that kind of adjustment, it explodes your game plan. And it's Nate McMillan is doing it at every turn with a totally, totally, I don't want to sell him short, man, but this Hawks team is overperforming. They are overperforming, and that that is almost exclusively, not exclusively, but almost exclusively due to the coaching of Nate McMillan. We've said it before. It tends to get lost in the surprise that the Hawks are, but they were the best team in the East since Nate McMillan took over. Great point. By record, by the way they were playing. Great you know, point. He absolutely did change the culture there, and it's been good to watch. I always love seeing – some coaches, it's almost like a video game where you have different archetypes. You have that coach who's 
you know, the, the management coach. You've yeah, got the coach yeah. who's the X's and O's coach. You've got yeah. the guy who's the player relationship type of coach. But the guy who can make in-game adjustments, I feel like, is the rarest out of all of them. And it's yeah. also the part that gets backseat-driven Monday morning quarterback the most, too. That's a so great it's point. fascinating when you could compliment a coach yeah. for that. When they try to – you see coaches try to – as they should make up for their weaknesses and and complement their strengths with their with their their co their bench coaches and um that's exactly what they should do. So it's almost like with all those all those types you're talking about creating a little boy band on the side of the on the on the on the sideline. But you're right. What's special? First off, the in-game adjustments and in-series adjustments, which is another rare breed because a lot of them don't even get the chance to coach in a series. Uh, they. That is a totally unique breed. And then on top of that, which is where all the really great coaches are, and frankly, just about every championship coach has had a moment in this space, they're all of the above. And I think we're seeing at least three coaches in this NBA right now that you can call all of the above. In-game adjusters, series adjusters, player coaches, leaders, um, they're doing all the things that you would normally think are archetypes and singular for a coach. And Monty Williams is doing that. Ty Lue is doing that. And, and Nate I knew McMillan what you were going to say. Yeah. DA, if you get that pass, just uh, go up and dunk it. <laughs> Man, that in-game strategizing. I know. That's it. I know. If you... <laughs> the strategery. I know. Sometimes, isn't it weird in coaching how sometimes you just got to say something so stupid and obvious, though? It's like, so I want you to catch it. And then, and then what you need to do is pass and that's it. Or if the ball's up by the rim, like you said, just dunk it. This is, this is really important. This is your, your role in the play. Dunk it. But we that get in our heads as athletes. My favorite moment in a long time, man, is yeah. everybody going crazy about this play call. It's the most genius play that's been drawn up. And then we get that behind the scenes audio. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> hey, DA, if he throws you the pass, uh, go ahead and dunk it. <laughs> It's true, man. I love it. That's so cool. And it worked. It is. Yeah. Valley Oop. <laughs> Valley Oop. Good stuff, man. I. Yeah, so it's much. why we love sports, you know. It's you true. can do all the coaching you want to, but sometimes players make plays. Boy, it's true, and we're seeing so much of that. I'm so excited to see how these uh, these semifinals in the NBA and the the finals play out because I don't see a bad matchup out there. I really don't. All of these teams, I never would have thought it when I look at them individually for the most part, I'm thinking this is not a good semifinal setup. This is not what the, definitely not what the NBA would have wanted, frankly, No, but not the major markets, no, no. team that's won a championship since the merger. Yep. That's a fascinating storyline to me that I don't I, think is getting quite enough coverage. That's a, that's a great point. And that means all these, all these teams are so desperate to, and all the fan bases are, and, and, you know, I hear conspiracy theories all the time, and I certainly hear them in Phoenix because the Phoenix Suns feel like spurned, a spurned team for years. Um, and I think there's some truth to that. But but it, it really manifests into a, uh, a conspiracy theory uh, that is a little over over overplayed and over overmade. But I guarantee you all these all these other teams in here have the exact same exact same feelings and and it, it's definitely and hopefully a turning point for the nba because you look at chapters of the nba you know from 
uh, from, you know, the, the ISO stuff, to the Jordan stuff, to the ISO superstar Iverson stuff and Kobe stuff to the super teams and LeBron. Um, there's different chapters that come through in these areas. And maybe this is hearkening in as the, as the, the super teams go down and they get aged also the, a, a new era, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what's going to define it, but it's definitely a, the, hopefully the beginning of a new chapter for the NBA, one of these teams winning. And so we're seeing a really pivotal moment for, for, uh, for national basketball. Yeah, there's there's arguments to be made in any case there. I mean, I already feel bad for saying no major market teams. I mean, an L.A. team is still playing. <laughs> That's true. But the Clippers don't feel like a big market team. No. They've always felt like that little brother. For sure. That small market team that could never win. Yeah. So it's interesting thinking that way. In the same way, what we think about the Bucks or the Clippers not being super teams. I mean, these are teams that have given up all of their first-round draft picks out in the future Yeah. to make super teams. To make, yeah. To bring in those free agents, uh, yeah, the, it's uh, it is what it is. But in any case, just seeing a team that's never won a championship, getting seeing those fan bases get to this point, it's what sports are all about, man. It's going to be great, no matter how it ends up. Although we know which way you're rooting for. Yeah, it's and and my apologies to you and to our our listeners as we go on. The, it's just going to get harder and harder to be unbiased because. And I want to put this on our on our radar right now, right? Because you and I are always honest with each other, and we always we're, we always acknowledge who we are and where our fan, where our 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 sports fanaticism is birthed and lies lied and where we get there. It's part of our stories. It's part of what we like to talk about. And it doesn't take away how we feel about our Nashville teams, but I think everybody can relate to me in the fact of <laughs> what the, you, you you to me. All right, let's just pause on that one for a second. I feel like Gina from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, but the, the relate is there's always that one team, right? There is a team that came before the rest. There's a team that, if you really, really look at it, rises above the rest in terms of what you care about, who you're going to show up for, what you care about. And, and that team has always been, since I was a little tyke, the Phoenix Suns. I love the Arizona Cardinals. I grew up loving them. I love the Arizona Diamondbacks. I really love the Titans. I really love the Predators. I really love our, our MLS Nash SC team. Those are deep fan. That's deep fanaticism. But there is a special spot for the team like the Phoenix Suns. And I think everybody has one of those teams, if not a couple. Um, and and yeah. that's, that's where I'm at right now. Win. Yeah. Your whole life. Yeah. It's it's for you, buddy. Thank you, my man. And by the way, just uh, I looked at the me- the media markets at least out there, and um, we're not dealing with tiny ones. I mean, Atlanta's the tenth largest market. Uh, L.A. obviously number two. Phoenix is twelfth. Um, so you got you got some. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where Milwaukee is. That's a little bit further down here. Let's just say it's not the franchises where the NBA's bread is buttered. No. It is, and that's what I don't get, though, because there's there's money to be spent there. Lord knows these fans are buying things, and they're not new. They're not new franchises. These are, they have they have depth in terms of, uh, and you can add the 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 Bucks into that. I mean, the Bucks drafted Lou Alcindor, man. This is as historic of a team as you can get, and they're a smaller market for sure. 
but these are these are really good fan bases, and I, I really think it's a good thing for the NBA. Uh, and it's got to be bringing in money. I mean, it's got to be bringing in money. I honestly think that's kind of an overwrought storyline at this point that the NBA, you know, only or any league only wants their major market teams in there. Now, obviously, there's something where that's a bonus. But, I mean, look at the Toronto Raptors and just everything that we got to see up there. True. And look at what we're seeing right now with, what is it called, the Deer Square or something, Deer Drive, <laughs> where they keep showing the fans packing out the street. Yeah. And what happened to Nashville when the Preds went on that run? Yep. Nobody in the NHL wanted to see the Nashville team in the Stanley Cup finals. But what happened to the city since then? Yeah. What happened to Broadway being packed with people wearing gold? It was spectacular. Yeah. And it's opened things up. It's given these fan bases homes, sold a shitload of merchandise. (laughs) Yep. It's all gravy, man. It's all gravy. And we love to see it as sports fans. I mean, that's... That's part of what it is. Look at us now. Look at us now, baby. Hope <laughs> the Classic. Not the Winter Classic. It is. The Stadium Series. That's what happens, though. It, it builds. <laughs> it builds. It builds. It's good for the teams. It's good for the for the leagues. And, um, and, and ultimately, the things that make sports lasting and sustainable are the things you and I talk about all the time. The special moments. The special things that you see. And we're seeing it in – we're seeing it with – uh, with the Canadians right now, we're seeing it with uh, in the NBA with all these teams and these players emerging. These are special times. Pay attention to them because they're going to define the next five or ten years, and it's going to change our perception of the sport. It's going to create new fans. It's going to change what we love, which is what's so beautiful about it. And uh, I mean, think of what Steph Curry did for Golden State. You know, like it changed the way this whole game was played and what we liked watching. And people actually remember that Golden State was based in Oakland. I know. I know. Huh? <laughs> was. Uh, I know. RIP. So <laughs> it, it, it's special. And that's that's one of the things I want to leave today's happy hour hang on is that these are special times. And, and the NBA is epitomizing it. It feels weird to have these four teams in there, but they're making their their competitive series. And that means the the finals will be two. And there's everybody's got a chip on their shoulder. There's new players making a name for themselves. There's new coaches making a name for themselves. There's new markets making names for themselves. This is going to change how next season is played. And that's really fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And look at what else is coming to the national man. It's all here. We got bussing with the boys. We got tight end university, which was just held for the first time here in Nashville, Tennessee, which was, but the biggest bro down short of busting with the boys and, you know, going to Joe Rogan's house in Austin. Look at what's coming to Nashville. Everybody's coming to Nashville. It's, it's the hub. There's, there's good and bad. Stop building those shitty condos. But let's, let's enjoy what we've got as yeah. a city, all hey, right? Now the NFL Combine's getting bid out, so that's on the table for, uh, for Nashville too. Who knows? We know nobody did the draft like us, so that was – Something else, man. Something else for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait to get back out there. I miss it, man. And and I'll be there for uh for the, the stadium series for sure. Hey, you said it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> Lock him in. Lock this guy Boom. in. Let's Done go. deal. Done deal. All right. Cheers, my friend. Here's we'll to you. See you on Sunday night. Can't wait. On WXNA dude. and WXNAFM.org.